welcome to a touchy-feely edition of ARG Presents. Don't I'm touch your, me. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, amigo Aaron, joined by that old cowpoke. I give you the Brent. What's up? What's up, poke boy? Did you learn something this week between this and last show? I just went and watched our other show, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you're as smart as you are handsome. Last week, in case you missed it, we spun the wheel. We made the deal. Break the big deal. I'm excited about the wheel this week. Are you weekend. really excited yes. about the what about the game this week? Because babe, we're gonna be playing a pokey chip games. Pokey chips. I'm poking the sky in case you're listening on the radio. These are chips. These are games. <laughs> you know, we broadcast over the AM spectrum. <laughs> these are games that it contain or run off of a system that contains a pokey chip. Now, you might ask yourself, hey. Amigo Aaron and the Brent. I could have sworn that you did an episode on the Pokey Chip and you were too dumb to remember it. Well, I wasn't, but this guy right here was. Dumb as a sack of hammers. You also thought it was in the Amiga. We did do an episode on the Pokey Chip, but with a slight twist because we focused on games from the arcade. Yes. This time around, we're going to focus on the home system. It's all about them PCs. Yeah, right. So... Right out of the gate, you're asking yourself, what the heck is a pokey chip? Well, I've got my handy-dandy pokey chip explainer right here. So, for one thing, here's something you didn't know. Now, we, by the way, for the full pokey expose, you can go back and watch the first show. I'm not going to go over all the same ground. But uh, according to the old... Wi- the old quick refresher. That's, that's right. According to the old is. wiki, pokey chip, which, you know, when I think pokey chip, I think Atari sound chip. Yes. Right? In the computers and the P200... Yes. Uh, and, and a selection of 700 games, and, of course, in the arcade. Pokey means something. It's not just a cute name. It's, it's not, important. It's not the horse that Gumby rode. It means something. It stands for something. It stands for Pot Keyboard Integrated Circuit. It sure does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you get Pokey out of that, but it does. <laughs> it was uh, Doug Neubauer, designed this at Atari, uh, for the 8-bit computers, if you think about this for a minute, think about how long ago the, the Atari 8-bit computers came out, okay? You're talking, right. it's the 70s. Okay, ponder this, if you will. You all right? Okay. I'm thinking about it. You know, a lot of people, I'm going to go off a little bit, if I may. Now, I've never seen you do that before in the show, Aaron. Now, I can't believe listen, it. Listen, you know, I, we, I co-host the Amigos, uh, we... we do a lot of Amiga stuff, and we and we do we everybody loves C sixty four. You know, hey, C sixty four is great. Sid chip, awesome, right? But people don't. I don't think the Pokey chip or the Atari eight bit family <clears throat> gets enough credit. Certainly, it's something that was like it doesn't get nearly the the jack that like the C sixty four did. Okay, this thing was so far ahead of its time when it came out in the seventies. The seventies. Are you yeah. with me here? This well, is like the late seventies. There's a and and the eight bit like pretty much kept going unabated into the nineties. I mean, through various means. I mean, you know, between, no, you're right. Yeah. Between if you think about it, you've got the Atari eight bit computers with your pokey. Yes. Then they transitioned that, you know, into the fifty two hundred. Okay, which yeah. is basically an eight bit computer. Yeah, you didn't really. And then all of a sudden, here comes the here comes the uh, Atari seventy hundred pokey chip still stuck in that. Okay. You've got the XEGS, which is basically uh, uh, the Atari computer, all the way up to approach the ST. Atari rode these computers for all they were worth, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, the, the staying power was off the charts on this thing. Well, 
No, it was. They definitely were showing their age at the end. That's true. Now, I'll grant you. I'll grant you this. that Atari held on too long. Yeah. They did the same By thing. about five to seven well, years. Yeah, they, did, they made this, a similar mistake. I mean, they, they tried to keep tr- trotting out the same technology year after year. But on the flip side of it, the, the amazing things that, that that system could accomplish, given its age, are sur- something that you can certainly uh, bear in mind when you look at some of these games, because this is a game again that came out... What else came out in the 70s? You're talking like stuff like the Channel F and stuff. I mean, look at the comparison of this stuff. It's unbelievable. So I'm done with that. Now, again, we're focusing on home machines that had a pokey chip. Now, we're going to have... We're going to really go through... A couple different machines here. We mentioned that the Atari 8-bit computer line had it. Yes. The Atari 5200 had it. Yes. Uh, other computers that Atari put out, like the XEGS, a lot of these things, again, they're just basically rebranded yes, computers. Absolutely. But it had it. Uh, and then you've got a computer or two, or basically you've got one system that didn't have it, but could add it through cartridges, which we'll get to. Uh, uh, okay, I don't know what you're talking about for that. But I'm going to explain it to you, because that's, that's what I'm here for. Um so the Pokey was used in a ton of stuff. Of course, we've mentioned it before. It was in tons and tons of Atari Classic Arcade games. Tons yes. of them. So it was, it was, And the thing is, I mean, how would you compare this to, say, the Sid, which is the comparison also, it often gets? I, I, would say it, I would say it compares pretty well to a point. I think the Sid, ultimately, they squeeze a lot out of the Sid on the C64. But I mean, the pokey is right, in a lot of ways. It's right in the same ballpark, or at least the same conversation, wouldn't you think? Well, here's the thing: the 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 sound in the arcade from Atari games, yeah. and really the looks too. But we're focusing on the sound for a moment. Yeah, <clears throat> was a very unique style. You could hear a, an a, an Atari arcade game from across the arcade and know. That was an Atari cat, you know. That was going to be an Atari game in yeah. an Atari cabinet. Um, I don't know of any other sound device or any other arcade, you know, uh, 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 chipset that had that comparable sound, with the exception of maybe the CPS, the Capcom sound system. Yeah. Um, so well, I mean, you're getting to it. Yeah, that's a, a quantum oh, leap. Oh, oh no, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not comparing the quality. I'm just saying the uniqueness of the sound. Oh yeah. So yeah, because you're right. Because you think about games like Centipede or uh, Gauntlet that used the that I mean they sat they, they had they squeeze a lot out of it. Absolutely. You know, so it wasn't too difficult to find a, a couple games to talk about that used the pokey. Like I said, there were tons of them, and there were tons of systems. Uh, to choose from. So I'm going to let you kick it off this week. But now I will say, uh, I had actually played your game before you picked it for once. So you actually picked what I knew about. Tell the people what you chose this week. Uh, I chose Alley Cat. And really, it's a perfect lead-in to what I was just talking about. Because this game, and we'll talk about the gameplay here in a second, but the sound on this game is so Atari arcade Sounding that it blows my mind. Yeah, it really has the the the, the chirps, the 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 background sounds, some of the music. It all sounds incredibly uh, uh, early '80s Atari arcade sound. Yeah, and the fact that they that they could get that home was amazing. Uh, Alley Cat was the brainchild of John Harris. John Harris had a a single screen 
game where you played as an alley cat and you were trying to uh, uh, impress your female cat companion and it was expanded on uh, by Bill Williams who said, you know, this is you've, you've got something here. Let's really widen what we can do with it. And that's when all the other mini games and stuff came in. So that was kind of a joint effort. Um, this was released on the Atari in 1983. Uh, it also came to the to the uh, PC, <coughs> excuse me, and the PC Junior in '84. Yeah. Uh, for never good when you head to the PC now, Junior. That, that's a, that's did, a dead end street. Did you play this on DOS as well? I've played it on DOS. I actually played it on DOS after I played it on the Atari. So, you, but right. yes, I did play both. Uh, Boy, let, that was a letdown. Let me tell you something. It, it played on getting an Excel uh, emulator going. That's the way to play this game. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, in Alley Cat, you play as an Alley Cat, a literal Alley Cat. When the game starts up, you are in an alley behind an, uh, an apartment building, and you have to impress your lady cat. You have to, to uh, uh, acquire a gift for her, sort of. Uh, you jump over the fence, and you hang from clotheslines uh, that stretch across this apartment building, waiting for your opportunity to slip, into, uh, slip inside of one of these rooms. And when you get in there, you are treated with a uh, random mini-game. And the mini-games can range from trying to knock a bird cage off the table so you can capture the bird within. <coughs> they have a one where you dive into the world's uh, most uh, tartarus-like fishbowl. Yeah, yeah. You have to get up to the fishbowl. It's, it's a little fishbowl on a table, but when you jump in, it's like you've jumped into the ocean. Yeah. Um, it's, and bigger then, on, it's bigger on the inside than that's it is right. on the outside. It's like the TARDIS. That, that's exactly what I just said, Aaron. Thanks well, for repeating said, me. You didn't say TARDIS. You said Tartarus. It's not my fault you don't know about Doctor Who. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, you collect fish, and you bundle those up for a gift. Um there's also one where you're in, uh, you go into this room, and it's just a massive block of cheese. Yeah. Whose and, room is that? <laughs> and when you uh, uh, are in the room, you're trying to catch mice that are, are wiggling inside this cheese. <coughs> and you can, actually, the cheese is so large, you can climb in one hole of the cheese and pop out the other. So you have to try to catch the mice that are on that. Um there's also a room where a uh, uh, it's just a bunch of bowls where you can put milk in them and uh, a bunch of sleeping dogs, and you have to try to steal all the milk. And if the dog sees you taking it, they they chase you out. That's my favorite level, and one of the reasons is there's a, it's a, a, a disembodied milk carton that yeah. travels the room and it pours milk into bowls. And, and but I mean I do like the fact that as you're drinking the milk, the dog will like open one eye and you're okay. Yeah. If the dog, and it'll throw him two eyes. You're sort of okay, but if it starts, it looks at you, then you're screwed. <coughs> yeah. it'll, it'll bite you. Yeah. And uh, the last uh, mini game you can get on is a huge bookshelf uh, that is uh, being guarded by a tarantula or some kind of huge spider, and. You have to climb to the top of the bookshelf and gather these three flower vases. 
So those are the, the mini games, and those are the type of games. I, the milk one, I guess, I really don't understand what you would take back to the to the to your female cat. But it, it's also... So, the, you're just thirsty. Well... That's why. <laughs> you're also trying to prove your bravery. That's right. Uh, uh, those dogs there. Show your mettle. Um, Aaron, if you wouldn't mind rewinding this video to its near beginnings. Uh, yeah. The the level of difficulty is kitten, house cat, alley cat, and I cannot recall. Tomcat. Tomcat, yeah. Uh, so they, they really lean into the kitten jokes, yeah. right? And <coughs> it, it doesn't, it's not so overwhelming that they beat you in the face with it because there's very little text in the game. If you fall out a window or something, it might say oops or gotcha if the, one of the homeowners catches you, which is uh, uh, expressed with basically a, a broom that goes around the room. And that brings, oh, I want to mention this before I forget about it. There is strategy in this game. Uh, when you walk around, you leave little paw prints and the main focus of the uh, disembodied owner is to clean up the footprints. So that you can use that as a way to get them distracted and go to one side. Did you even realize that? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think you leave them on every level, but there's stuff, like, for example, the milk one you don't. Right. Well, no, yes, you do. I don't think so. Do you? I don't yeah, think you do. I do. Um, so you do all this. And once you complete one mini stage, that's all it takes to, to impress your lady friend, uh, you will see her in the window that opened, one of the windows that opened up. And if you jump to her window, she's being guarded by her five overprotective brothers. Yeah. So you have to avoid them, climb to the top of the screen, uh, present your gift, and then you will win the, the lovely uh, Felicia's hand. Yeah. So... So they named the cat? Yeah, yeah, Felicia. Uh, and then, then it just loops. It gets harder, things get faster, your objectives get more of it, et cetera, et cetera. So that is the, that is the basic gameplay for Alley Cat. Here's what makes Alley Cat incredibly awesome. First off, involving the Pokey Chip, they really use this thing to have some unique sound. I'm not even saying it's the best sound because it's... If Atari sound is your thing, then it's really good because it sounds just like an arcade. It has those the scratches. It has the little the the what would be just beeps and boops. It it, it has that uh, pokey chip flare. Uh, also, the it's constant. There's always sounds and music going on. It never lets up, and <coughs> it completes the package of an already really fun game. The the gameplay on this is difficult uh, because it uses momentum for your jumping. And it's an up-down, left-right jumping type affair for the most part. And if you just press up, you'll jump straight up a little bit. If you get a little bit of a run, you'll have more of a jump. If you get a huge run up, you have this humongous leap that will take you from one side of the screen to the other. So it is very difficult to 
learned how to control the game. Did you have problems with the controls? Yeah, I always have, as long as I've ever played this game. They're 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 nutty uh, uh, controls. You're right, uh, and and you, it, I've played this game for years, and st- it's still not the easiest things to master. That's for sure. I, I played this in my youth, and back then I had a problem with the controls. When I came back to it uh, this week. I really felt like I got it. Yeah. And it made the game so much more fun. Um, at its heart, you can really look at this in two ways. You can look at it as a high-score game. because There definitely are high-score uh, elements that you can stretch and kind of uh, uh, not abuse but take advantage of. Or you can see how many times you can uh, get to your girlfriend since it is a looping game. So there are two ways to kind of... Uh, uh, challenge yourself in this game. The and of course there are four difficulty levels. The graphics in this, Aaron, depending on what version you play, and we're we're talking about the Atari version here. Uh, they're colorful. They're fast. There's lots of sprites on the screen. The whenever you collect points or pick up something, it has that that number strobing effect that was super. Iconic with the Atari the color cycle, yeah. Um, so it, it and it's huge, huge font. Like yeah, whatever, whatever you, something happens, it takes the whole screen. It's like bam. I mean, you know exactly what's well, happening. And that's just and right, that's, that's a that's transition. Part the, that's part of the charm. Though, yeah, it, it's a transition yeah. from, from when you were alive to when you die, basically. Um, I really enjoy the use of color in this game. It is the outside alleyway. I mean, it's colorful, but you can tell it's dark out, and it has a grungy feel. And when you get inside these houses, it's a nice, clean environment. Uh, You know, you have uh, things that would make up a normal household. You've got tables, you've got lamps, you've got curtains, and you've got, uh, you know, things that really make it feel like you've went into someone's house. Little details that they didn't even need to do, like pictures on the wall, yeah, uh, family photographs, that sort of thing. And I think all of the mini games are unique enough that they don't feel samey. I when you go and you jump into the fishbowl, it's a hundred percent different than when you're trying to knock the bird off the table, and it takes a completely different skill set to accomplish that goal. Yeah, which. Keeps this game fresh, in my opinion. Aaron, what do you think of Alley Cat? Well, you know, I first played this when I was babysitting the neighbor. They had an Atari 8-bit. So I played this, like, literally in 83, 84 mm-hmm. when it came out. We were real impressed back then, you know. Uh, and I occasionally will come back to it. It's something I do enjoy on the 8-bits, you know. But I hadn't played it for a while, if I'm honest. So when you picked it, I was sort of excited. And uh, when I played it, boy, I actually had a ton of fun. Playing this, this is a perfect choice for the Pokey Chip episode because the sound, the music, the uh, uh, the sound effects. When you're in the alley with people throwing stuff at you, and, and you hear full weird, phones, yeah, full size yeah. phones. That's right. And, and which again, this is sort of the whole alleyway cat thing was sort of a thing that was a seventies or sixties or even the fifties. This was like Tom and Jerry. Every once in a while, you said an episode where they talk about all the alley cats and stuff. You don't see it that much now, 
You know, and the fact that this has the old clothes lines, you definitely don't see those hardly at all anymore. Right. You know, the alley seems great when you because you have to jump on these barrels to get high enough to jump on the fence to get up on the you know. So there's a the in between parts of the levels is all is like this reminds me to a certain degree of like a Three Stooges, like an early because. Think about it. It's got mini games that are divvied up by like uh, in between scenes, like you know in three. Oh, stooges. you mean the games, right? Three stooges. Yeah, yeah, the game Three Stooges, uh, the uh, uh, which is a good thing because you know I love that game. When you increase your difficulty level, for example, like the, you you have less barrels. You didn't mention this, but if you're screwing around too long in the alley, like a dog yep. starts running back and forth, and if he catches you, he gets you. You know, and so you, it, it, even the task of hopping up on the barrels to get on the fence is like can be a, a trial, a trial, and it'd be a trifle. Uh, there's a cat that pops its head out of the trash cans will knock yeah. you off, which I like. When you're on the uh, when you're on the clotheslines, you can also gather up mice that are running back and forth on them. Uh, so that's that's like a points push. You can go do that, which is cool. Listen, I like the mini games in this. Like I said, my favorite one's the milk one, but I like them all. The the underwater one's good. The uh, they're all good. The cheese one's probably my least favorite. It's it's so bizarre that you're part of this huge thing of cheese. Yeah, that's such a weird one. It, it is. It, that one is odd because it also doesn't fit with the with the, the quote unquote realistic rest of the game. Yeah, but I mean, it's still that's this game above all. It's got good music. It's got good visuals, but it's got style. Yeah, it's original. This has never been done before or since. This was the perfect thing that happened in this era. People are like, what can I do? What can I make that no one's seen? This is that game. A beautiful game. Yeah. Again, I played this on the uh, on the, the uh, CGA, and it and listen, it's playable. Don't get me wrong. It's but I mean joy. the Atari version is beautiful. Blows it away. That's part of the appeal, you know, the the colors. Like Brent said, that when you go to these rooms, they're they're like stages, and so they're colored differently. You'll have a light blue or kind of a light green uh, stage. That's fun. Something you can do that's irritating, but I do it all the time, is hop into a stage, then instantly jump straight up and hop back out. Yeah, the game's like, you're an idiot. Yeah. I do that all the time. You don't lose time. a life. It's just like, why'd you do that? But you got to start over, yeah. and it's a pain. It's I love the premise of it that you're trying to impress your girl. I like the stage where you go get the girl cat. You know, it's very cute and charming when you get her. All the hearts and stuff. Yeah. You know, the, it's the I, big I, old lip smack sound. It, yeah, I which love, for a cat makes I no just sense. Think that, <laughs> I just think it's dandy. Uh, the, the all the uh, all the little things they did. I mean, listen, could it have used two or three more mini games? Yeah, but you got to consider when this was made. Yeah, you know, and it's still for, for given what it does. You've got a lot of gameplay in there, and what this game does that's different from Stooges, for example, is the in between mini game parts. There's a lot going on just in that scene. Yeah, you're jumping around. You're getting you're getting the mice. You're trying to avoid the dog. And going up and down those clotheslines can sometimes be a huge hassle because if there's no clothes on them, you don't, there's nothing to hang on to. Yeah, you can't. Can you fall. just fall. The, yeah. the, the, the sound of your cat falling off the clotheslines behind the wall are <laughs> funny. And then your cat comes out. And let's talk about the cat. Beautifully animated. Yes. When he stops running, he'll look at you. Uh, he just looks like a little black kitty. He reminds me of Icky, my little black cat. Just this sweet little kitty who runs around. Always accosted by these dogs, trying to trying to find love in these dark, horrible alleys. I'm a big fan of this one. I've always loved it, and so when you picked it, I was I was down with the clown on that brand. I love that game. 
<coughs> Aaron, while you pull up user reviews, there's something else uh, I, I want to mention. If you have not, if, if you are a fan of this game, you've played it before, or if this is the first time you ever heard about it and it, it sounds kind of interesting to you, I highly recommend finding the manual online for this. Which I've never read or seen. Um, I will admit that. It, it It is full of cat puns, right? So, but we're going to forgive it for that. But it takes itself so seriously that it actually loops back around to absurdity. Um, just the the the, the uh, uh, relationship between the two cats is on full display, and it's talking about how you know it has a section where each cat is giving its feelings, talking to its friends. Um, and of course, the 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 alley cat's like, oh, you know, she's too good for me. She'll never want a cat like me. And, and then she's like, man, you know, uh, he, he's got that bad boy persona. If he could just show a little initiative, I, I would fall for him instantly. It's 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 a cheesy good time manual that is worth taking a moment for and looking yeah. at. I've never even looked at the manual. Yeah. Oh, we did get a review, uh, the brand, <clears throat> from Jocko6502, who chimes in. He says, I'm really on the fence with this one. Boom, boom. Yeah, he always does that. I both enjoyed playing it and wanted to hurl my controller at the TV at the same time. Yeah. Many times I jumped through a window only to jump straight back out again when I stupidly tried to jump towards the goal to get the mini game. Many fun mini games that can sometimes be a chore getting to but all unique and fun in their own way. The goal, of course, is to get the girl. I can make so many jokes with this being a cat game. <laughs> yeah. I managed to get the lady cat just once, but just couldn't get the job done other times. So I feel I might just have got lucky. My favorite mini game was the fishbowl, but what kind of nut job keeps electric eels in a fishbowl? Good point. The pokey chi- shines through again and again. really adds another dimension to this game over the DOS version. The Pokey Audio makes the game sound like an early arcade game. An irritating game that has a I-want-to-kick-this-game's-butt vibe. <clears throat> so I'll keep playing it. 7 out of 10. Yeah, and, and I'll have to say, it, the game it does have a level of difficulty. Yeah. That, uh, you get used to it, though. Yeah, you do. And it's something that if you take a moment to learn the controls, because the controls are really the the... the the thing that keeps this from being an easy pick-up-and-play thing, the momentum of your cat jumps can really be confusing. It's one of those games that where the controls are play a vital part in the game, I think. I mean, yes, they're touchy controls, I'll grant you. But, I mean, if you had perfect controls, I guess the game would be a, little, a lot easier. So I think that's you have to master those goofy controls. I agree. I agree. Uh, trying to look this up on eBay... And I do Good not see any yeah. listings for it. Um, it was just kind of odd because I always thought this was a popular game. Um, well, it's what came out in '83 on a, on a you know it, that's an old game. I, I've never seen a cartridge. I mean, I've never tape. seen a disc tape or anything yeah. in, in the flesh. So. Yeah, it, it is tape or disc. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on eBay. So if you happen to come across this in your day to day flea market travels, be sure to grab it. There you go. A, a fine choice, uh, the brand. If I if I uh, can give you some credit, I hate to do it. That was a that was a real good choice. You hate to do it, but you do it so well, often. Well, I mean, listen. I give your game choices credit. I'm giving you no credit. You're an oaf. 
So uh, when it was my time to choose, I wanted to go in a different direction because, of course, you had the entire Atari 8-bit library at your disposal should you have went that route. But I didn't want to make this the Atari 8-bit show. It's a pokey chip show. So I thought to myself, I had heard uh, about these cartridges that had pokey chips in the cartridge. In fact, I talked to Boat, old Boat. He goes, listen, he goes, yeah, you, he goes, the 7800 had a couple cartridges that had a pokey chip in it, which I'd heard that. And he goes, you can play Ball Blazer. I'm like, hell no, I'm not playing that. So I was like, what's the other one? And so the other one's what I chose. And keep in mind, I've never played this before. <laughs> uh, so I ended up choosing, believe it or not, Commando. Yeah. Right? I went Commando, <laughs> if you will. You absolutely uh, did. <clears throat> So let me explain the situation here. The Atari 7800 is an unusual system. All okay. right, Atari put this thing put this thing together years and years before they actually released it. And what they did was they get, they made a system that had superior graphics and uh, two button joystick. But one thing they didn't do was they didn't give they they wanted it to be backwards compatible with the Atari VCS the 2600, yeah. which it is. And it runs, I think, 99% of the games on the Atari 2600 will run on the Atari 7800, which is great. I've got one. I modded it with uh, with uh, comp, uh, composite out. So that way you've got double, you double up. You get all your Atari 2600 games and the 7800 games. So, but, but the problem is Atari, in their infinite cheapness, decided to not put another sound chip in it, despite the fact, by the way, they had Pokey sitting around. Yeah. All right? They're like, nah. We're not going to do it. And so the, but they had a plan. They, the sound on board in the Atari 7800 is the Atari 2600 sound. Yeah. So that's a bad plan. Yeah. But the plan was, what we'll do is, we'll just put sound chips into the carts. We'll allow this to happen. And that way, they can, if they want to have uh, enhanced sound, they'll be good to go. All right? With a, with a little expense. <laughs> the, the problem is, the problem with this plan is the 2600 is not like a good bass sound to go from well, it was, when the, at the time the 7800 was coming out. It was making, uh, yeah, because they mm. released this thing. It's sort of like a direct compare to the NES. Yeah, which is a, yeah. that didn't work. And so here's the funny thing about this. Again, keep in mind, I've never played this game. So think of the plan. We'll put pokey chips into the carts. It's a lot like the same thing that Super Nintendo did with the Super FX chip or whatnot. Yeah. And, and even Sega did it uh, with, with a couple games on the Genesis. Uh, slash Mega Drive. So the problem is, of course, you add the expense of putting in a chip, but also you've got to have developers that give a crap about doing that. Okay, and it turns out there were two that they gave a crap and decided to put the uh, put the expense in. I thought there were more than two, but as far as I everything I read, there were two. There were Ball Blazer and Commando who put a pokey chip. Now, as you can imagine, in the old days, pokey chips. They were falling out of the trees, brother. You can yeah. be poking everywhere. Now they're not. They're super rare. And so what's happened is it's made these cartridges a lot more expensive and a lot more rare because what people do are yank the pokey chip out of these, desolder them from the from the cartridge and put them in their C64 or put them in their Atari. Almost made the same mistake you did. So they can take these pokies <laughs> out and stick them in the machine. And it made and so Man, we'll get to the price, I, but it goes I up. Guess. It works. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but... So, with all that said, Commando. Now, I learned a lot in this episode. I'll be honest with you, uh, the Brent. 
Because I Commander's not a game that I really played all that much. Oh, really? No, oh, God, I didn't I play it at all. Out of it in the arcade. Uh, I want to talk about the arcade version before we get too in, into the uh, into the home version. So, uh, Commando was developed uh, in the arcades by Capcom, or developed in the arcades by Capcom, and, and then they, they also had publishers all over the place, including Data East yeah. was one of them. So, get this, Brett. This blew my mind. I was looking to see who worked on this. Okay. So you had a couple big players work on this game. Now let me let me beam down here. The, the, so you've got the, of course this came out of Japan, as you can imagine, uh, and the designer of this was a guy named uh, Takuro Fujiwara. Okay, this guy was the King Dong of games. All right, I'm not going to go through his ludicrous list of games. But he he was the director and producer of some of the biggest arcade games you ever saw. Let's say Puyan, Ghosts and Goblins, Bonnet Commando, the, some of the Mega Man games, Strider. All right, have you ever heard of these? He produced Ducktales and Willow uh, uh, on the NES, uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. You know, I mean, this guy produced uh, tons of Mega Man's, tons of NES games, tons and tons of stuff. Okay, right. yeah. he's a stud. All right. The composer on this is a lady named uh, Tameo Kawamoto. Uh, she was one of the first uh, musicians hired at Capcom, and uh, she did some pretty solid stuff too, including uh, Black Tiger, Ghouls and Ghosts, and she composed the music for X to, uh, X to X's. Remember that game? Nope. Yeah, well, I've heard of it. Thanks to uh, oh, you know, the music for Ghouls and Ghosts were it was incredible. Yeah. So. She also composed the soundtracks <laughs> for uh, Ray Force, Ray Storm, Buster Bros, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. Like I said, so these are these are a couple of super studs of gaming. Now here's the part that I didn't understand. So this came out in the arcade in North America in '85. Okay, pretty much everywhere in '85. I did not realize the kind of jack that this thing brought to the table. Uh, you. Oh, I should mention if what is this game? You play a, a commando named Super Joe. All right, I love that. Well, so yeah, and Super Joe does show up in other games. Yeah. He's dropped off in the jungle by a helicopter, and he's got to fight his way through the enemy to uh, to rescue POWs and blow up everything he sees. Basically, it's a pretty easy game to understand. Super Joe has a gun. And has grenades. Now, when he moves around, he can shoot the gun in any direction. Grenades always go straight up and down. That takes some getting used to, by the way. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, and and we'll get into the differences with the Atari game. But that's pretty much the long and short of it. You're going through and blowing up bunkers, blowing up stuff like that. Uh, and you play it until you end the game or you die. Uh, so this is the part I didn't understand. I couldn't believe this. The reception of this game. Now listen to this. Uh, in Japan, uh, in June '85, their Game Machine magazine uh, said this was the most popular arcade game for the previous two weeks. Then, just for fun, it became the highest-grossing arcade game of 1984 in the UK. It was the highest-grossing uh, in the United States. It was one of the top three highest-grossing arcade video games of '85. And the other two games in the list, also done by Data East, published. A karate champ, a kung fu master. Mm. So it turns out, looking through this, not to go into it too deep, this was one, at the time it was released, this is one of the most popular arcade games ever released yeah. in a time where every arcade game was double awesome. Yep. This is another one. Right? I never had no idea. And I will say, when, when Arcade Time came around, 
I did see this in a lot of places, but oh, I didn't yeah. play it. You know, well, yeah. So then the home ports, it was one of the best selling home port games of, of the era too. Mm. It chopped the top, it uh, topped the charts in the UK in December of '85. It chopped the charts in '86 in America. It received two gold awards for selling more than two hundred thousand units in a region. It sold one hundred one point one four million copies on the NES. Ooh. Okay, this game was a monster game. Okay. It's also in the top 100 games of all time in a ton of lists, okay? So this is the arcade version. So let's talk about what Atari ended up doing. Now, if you're an Atari 7800 aficionado, which I would count myself as one. I've had one for a while. I've played a lot of Atari games. And what I would I would consider Atari games on the 7800 maybe two steps up from the 2600, you know, and depending on the quality of them, some of them were straight up garbage. And then some of them people tried harder and, and they were fun. But they weren't what I would call on the same level for the most part as the NES. Oh, yes. Okay. We can both Absolutely. agree on that. <clears throat> um, again, this was developed, uh, this was released in 89. I should mention this came out on everything. Uh, the Amiga, the CPC, Apple II, anything you can think of. BBC Micro got it. The Doja. we got to put that on the list. That's twice we came up with that one. The Intellivision. Did you know this was an Intellivision port of this? Well, yeah, I mean, if the games that was that popular in arcades, yeah, yeah I'm not PC, surprised. PC Booter, the Spectrum, everything. The guy that programmed this is named... I looked to try to find stuff with this guy. I couldn't find Jack. His name was Dwayne Skinner, and he spells Dwayne D-W-A-I-N, which is unusual. So it's not like this guy didn't do anything. Listen to this. He did Slam Dunk on the C64. He did a bunch of games. Uh, he did Roger Clemens MVP Baseball, Techno Super Baseball. He did a ton of the Techno games. Techno NBA Basketball. He did Techno Super NBA Basketball, Techno Super Baseball. You probably played some of these, Brent. You're a big Techno guy. He did a lot of sports games uh, from back in the day. So... <clears throat> How does this thing fare? Well, I'll tell you straight up, having not ever played Commando for the 700, this is easily, easily one of the best 7800 games I've ever played. Maybe, in some ways, it's the best. And why do I say that? This game is a, a, a an excellent port of the arcade game. And when I say that, and no, that's with limitations, but I'm saying, what what does it have that the arcade has? Well, what it has is, it's got the it's got the same setup. The levels are basically the same, and the controls and everything that pretty much the same. You've got two button controls: one for the gun and one for the grenade. Yeah. Uh, it has all the cutscenes. You know, I mean, again, this seems trivial now, but oh no, I cutscenes yeah. on the seventy eight hundred were not something you saw a whole lot of. It had the intro scene with the helicopter dropping your golf in the jungle. It had. Uh, it had bonus stuff. There were a few home releases that had stuff the arcade didn't have. This is one of them, and the NES was too. This has secret areas. I don't just mean like a little area. I mean like a full-on area where you go in to rescue POWs. Did you know about that? No. Mm-mm. There are areas in the game where you can blow out sections of the wall, and when you do that, you go underground and rescue POWs that are tied to these walls huh. and these caves and these like underground prisons, right? There are, I think there are six different areas in the game that you can do this. You have to blow a hole in a, in a wall in a certain area. All right, so there's hidden stuff in here. On top of that, uh, the game is, is, I mean, it goes on for like, it's got 
the levels. You go through twice, and the levels change. It's got an ending. It's got it's got all the stuff you would expect to have in the game. Plus, this thing has one thing over pretty much every Atari game on the 700. It's got arcade. I would call it arcade quality sound, and for the obvious reasons that the Poké Chip was yeah. in the arcade. <laughs> if you listen to if you listen to or play uh, Commando for the uh, arcade in the arcade. It's got a good little tune. It's got a, like a soldiery sort of a drum beat, like a march beat. Yeah. This has. Uh, I play. I looked at several versions of this. I think this is as close as they came getting the sound right. I think the sound was really good in this. And when you compare this to all the other ports and the arcade, like this, it's <laughs> this is probably the best home port. There are some people that don't like any of the home ports of this, and there are reasons not to like this one, which I'll get into. But I mean, I'm grading this thing on the seven, what I call the 7800 curve, and this like playing the 7800, like this right here was a revelation. I couldn't believe I hadn't played it before because it's this was it blew me away with how much like the arcade it was and how it looked. This looks for a system that was supposed to compete with the 7800 or with the NES. Yeah. Okay. This is one of the rare games. That you could put side by side with the NES and not feel like an, an idiot. Yeah. Like this one's on par. Yeah, you, you. I mean, if you didn't know and, and showed someone this game, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that, that's a that's a NES game." Right. And and what this tell? What so? What does this tell us? Okay, because the thing is, the seventy eight hundred has enhanced graphics. Yeah. Okay. But the sound, the sound was always lagging. Plus, there's just sort of this. There's a there's a thing that a lot of these games where they just didn't put a full effort in. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we're gonna give Capcom, Atari, these guys. I gotta give them their due. It's funny because it's Commando, but I guess this was a big deal. Although if you think about it, this came out quite. A, you know, it's '89. They sat down and got. And I gotta give uh, Dwayne Skinner credit. He sat down and put together a top shelf game. Yeah. Now. Is it perfect? And we're we're I'll talk about what I don't like about it because it does have many flaws, some of which are present in the arcade. The the your guy moseys around the, the, the. This is an unusual game because the 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 bullets in it are slow, and yes. and your guy moseys along, and so do the bad guys. It's more when you get killed, it's usually because you're overran as yeah. much as anything else. So somebody just got there's so many bullets, even it's slowly floating around. You know they still could get you. And so when you move like that, and the arcade game is very similar, uh, it when you get hung up on stuff or whatever, that's a hassle. And you do get hung up on stuff in this game, going around corners, uh, going around uh, 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 buildings and whatnot. You get hung up on stuff, and it slows you down. Another problem you'll get in this game is like you cannot be on the left or right edge of the screen. Yeah, because guys will just, without you knowing it, will just, just wander in. Yeah, I guess it's realistic, uh, but they do. No, that's not realistic. What do you mean, guys can wander in? I mean, that's well, pro- well, yeah, in but you can see them coming in real life. Maybe you're you know, like a, <laughs> a horse with blinders on, uh, but uh, they they'll wander in and get you. Uh, so you can't. You've got to stay away from the sides of the screen. Something else that uh, can can will bother you is. Again, the grenades only shoot straight up. This yes. is exactly like the arcade. And so this is an unnatural game element to me because it seems like you should be able to throw the grenades in the direction you're facing. Yeah. Now, this is part of the game. 
So I, they couldn't change it. You had to go. I'm not going to blame the 7800 for this, but this is a. I never liked this in the arcade. It's a weird element. And so the, the good thing about it is you could be running left and right and still throw a grenade straight, but it rarely does that help you. The grenades aren't as useful as they should be, in my opinion. So that's, there's a problem. Now, this game also includes pow, a couple power-ups. You can get a knife, and you can get a machine gun. What does the knife do? I don't know. Okay, okay. I'm not, I, I thought, does it give you an extra touch? No, I, it doesn't. I couldn't tell I what even it looked did. in the instruction booklet. No mention of it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's there, and it shows up at the top of the screen in your equipment. I do like the fact that if you've got a machine gun, it's still you still got unlimited ammo, and it carries. If you don't die, it carries you to the next level, which yeah. is nice. Um, I like the fact that you'll go around picking up like things or grenades that will help. I looked at this very closely with the arcade and with the NES version, which I think is the most comparable version. The NES version and this version, are neither one of them are perfect. If you could combine them, you'd have a real good game. There are elements in the NES version that, you don't, that are in the arcade you don't see in this version at all, like stacks of barrels, for example. The bridges look a little bit different. They probably look a little bit better in, in the, uh, on the NES. But there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I like better on the 7800. So it's literally it's a mixed bag. And I certainly like the music better on the 7800. But with all that said... As a, as a game on the Atari 7800, uh, I was blown away. I mean, really, couldn't believe it. Yeah. This is finally something you can hold up and say, hey, Check this, this is out. not bad. What yeah. did you think? Had you played this before? Well, on the, on the, on the first of all, let's, no, I had not played this on the 7800 yeah. before, the, uh, before this show. Um, <coughs> however, I did play this in the arcade a lot. Yeah, I do a recall lot, you playing. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Um, so I was very familiar with what I was getting into. Yeah. Uh, the arcade version uh, is insanely more difficult. Yes. Oh God. Insanely that's why I didn't play it. more difficult. Um, and, and that's something I ran through this entire game. Uh, my first credit, and the only time I died <coughs> was when I thought I could walk through water because I'm pretty sure you can walk through the water in the arcade version, and I just <laughs> fell in and sunk like a stone. I was like. Now, ah, yeah, if you play this on, like, right. the, on the lowest <laughs> level, which is the, that's the default, I believe. Yeah, uh, you could literally run through most levels without doing anything. Yeah, you, know, you could. I mean, uh, if you up the levels, it does exponentially make it more difficult. I right. will say that. Right. So it should be easy on novice. Um, but <coughs> I was impressed. I was really impressed at, uh, at the visuals. I was impressed with the sound for the most part. Um. I do think that the uh, 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 some of the sound effects didn't have the same oomph that I would expect them to have. Not saying the sound is bad. I'm not saying that. It's just when you have sound quality for most of the things, I feel like a couple of the things that they they just didn't they didn't push. Uh, the explosions being the biggest one for me. Uh, yeah, and also I noticed that there's not as heavy. Uh, uh, laid on the drums as there's the arcade. Oh, we know, yeah, yeah. And, and but they're still there, but just you don't hear them all that often. Yes, the arcade yeah. hear them a lot more. But it's not a bad. Listen, like I said, I thought the sound was. I mean, the music was really good. Uh, uh, this is an iconic tune uh, from <laughs> yeah. the arcade. Great game, great it, song. It was something that you would hear uh, uh, and, and know that they had Commando because it was just so catchy. Um, I was incredibly 
impressed with the controls in this game. Yeah. I felt they were super tight. I agree. I wish you could hit both buttons and throw a grenade the direction you were facing. Yeah. That would be a change I would make if I was well, designing the you're, game. You're violating the spirit of the game. Well, I mean, it really does. That would change the entirety no, of the I, game. I, I mean, oh, I would change that on all platforms. Yeah. Um, because not being able to throw a grenade left or right doesn't make any sense. I guess they're trying to prevent you from throwing it off the screen would be my guess. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this. And I think that the the putting the pokey chip in the cart for this game <coughs> was the right decision. Oh, God. Because the sound on this is well above, well above what the 7800 could do for itself. Oh, yeah, not just that. It's just that... This is an, one of those things where I think sometimes people forget how important sound is in a game. Yeah. This would not be as good a game without the sound. Agreed. I mean, the chip, it was... And that there's a plenty of games <laughs> on the 700 that could have benefited from, in fact, pretty much all of them. Uh, but they... this You're right. This song is so popular and you, it gets in your mind that if... Can it's you imagine playing play, right now. I can't make without, it stop. Playing this without the music. You know, and by the way, sound and uh, special effects in here, yeah. too. It's not like they just had one. You know, they made the right call. Now, I will say, this does not sound like a pokey chip game to me. I think it's it sounds good, but it doesn't have that Atari feel. It did, they didn't do any... There's not any special flair. Correct. There, it, but, I because mean, it's it, still very good. Well, because that's the, the source material didn't have Like that. Alley Cat, from, from the special effects standpoint, it's, it's a far superior game yeah. in terms of its sound effects. But this one, they nailed the music. They, they tried to make it like the source material, yeah. which it makes it not sound like a pokey chip game, but they used the power of the pokey chip to get to where they got. How surprised were you when you were playing this and all of a sudden you, you're getting cutscenes? And you're, I mean, that sounds so trivial, but I, was, I mean, it's just something you did not see that much. Yeah. And it's important to the feel of the game. Yes, I agree. Um, the other thing that I liked is they, they still had the. Uh, generals that you could kill yeah. and get the extra points. And they did have some POWs, but not nearly as much as the arcade had. Actually, it's got tons more if you go into the hidden areas. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's that's part of it. So, yeah, overall, would I say this is the best 7800 game? I mean, it's really darn close. Yeah, and it's... it's <laughs> I mean, is it my favorite 7800 game? No, but... Is it, uh, uh, as far as arcade port showpiece. goes... Yeah, it's a showpiece. It's a showpiece. Plus, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun playing it. I mean, yeah. it's a good game. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, I played all the way through it, so I yeah. had to have some fun, it's right? A, it's a real good game. Uh, I looked up some reviews on this. Uh, there were some, believe it or not. Uh, the Video Game Critic gave this an 83. The All Games Guide gave it a 70. Uh, Le Geek gives it a 60. That's too Digital low. Press. These are all modern reviews. Yeah, that's too low. Digital Press gave it a 60. I, I agree with those. They're, they're too low. Uh, we did get a review. I feel this is a solid. This is a, this is a solid 75. This is a on the, on the on the on the 7800. This is a solid 100. percent Well, a, you can't do that. Uh, on Pajaco had a look at this. He said Commando is a great example of why the 7800 is an awesome console. The game is not arcade perfect, but what you get is something that retains all the fun and playability of the arcade. The action slows down a little when there are a lot of baddies on the screen. And the long, yeah, a little bit. And the long sprite bullets travel sideways, but at least you can see them. It was easy to get stuck on the scenery, correct? 
which was grading, but the arcade does that too, correct as well. So move along, nothing to see here. As this is a Pokey episode, let's talk about the sound. In a word, awesome. Again, not arcade perfect, but you have a good rendition of the music and sound effects, unlike some others that I can mention, Cough C64. I did, a, <laughs> I did a whistle stop tour of the 8-bit ports. I can honestly say the Atari 7800 version is right up there with probably the, probably the top three for me. Novice mode will give you a run for your money initially, but you can cheese it in some places, so you'll be playing like an expert in no time. A great home port with great sound, 9 out of 10. Excellent. Yeah. I did look this up on the eBay, uh, Brent, and you're, get your checkbook out, brother, uh, <laughs> because this thing ain't cheap. Uh, I found sealed copies going for 100 Now, you got to be careful before we get into this. When you see this, there are two versions of Commando. Yes. And they were very clever. What Atari. By clever, I mean dirty. On one version, it says, plays, it says 2600 and plays on 7800 and 2600 mode. What that means is this is the 2600 Yeah, you version. don't want that one. <laughs> All right. The one you want is in a silver box. It's exclusive for the 7800 version. Do not accept the other one. You will be severely disappointed. <laughs> yeah, not the same game. All right? Not the game we reviewed here today. Yeah, so uh, anyway, if you want a sealed copy of the 7800 version of this, you're going to be in for around 165 bucks. Ooh. Okay? That's a little much. Uh, if you want a complete in-box version that's not sealed, you're still talking about the $100 mark. Now, of course, there are aberrations. You know what I mean? Uh, and then, if you just want the cart, just the cart by itself is seventy bucks. Woo! So you're Woo. this ain't cheap, brother. Well, I mean, again, because people are harvesting the chip yeah. out of this thing. Now that is this is the biggest tragedy of all of this is <clears throat> there. These games are probably few and far between now because of the people pulling out the pokey chip. Well, those pokey chips are in demand. I get that, but they probably made a bajillion of these. No, that no, you they did think? not. I know. Look at the prices. $70 for a loose 7800 card? You can get these things. They're giving them away. You know, so, yeah, it's a uh, uh, it's it's a big deal to pay that much. But, I mean, overall, i got to say, I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Again, a, a game that I normally uh, would not play. And I think we can both agree, Brent, that the Pokey Chip is the star of the show. Great yeah. job. But, I mean, great all around on this one. But both games had outstanding sound. I think the Poke Chip is underrated. So get out there, get some of your Atari 8-bit on, a few arcade games, or these two select... Well, actually, don't play Ball Blazer. It's not a good enough sound to make that game fun. But certainly, try Commando, give it a shot, listen to music, turn it up, sucker. Now, Aaron, I have to wonder, if I was having trouble with uh, some of my chips in my system, maybe the cat got in there... And flung it off the counter. In your case, that would almost certainly happen. And that did happen to me with an Amiga, so it could actually happen. Do you know anyone that can help me with that? I know a certain commando that lives just off an alley up in Canada, the mean streets of Canada. And you know who he is. I'm talking about our good buddy Frank at RetroRewind.com. Yes. Listen, is is your computer a little down the dumps? It's lonely. It's sad, right? Don't be mad. You package that sucker up and ship ship it up to Canada to our good buddy Frank. Frank does service on Commodore machines. He'll take care of your Terra City color computer. He may do service on some other consoles if you ask him, because I know he's done my Vectrix. That's Frank true. is a full-service technical wizard. He takes care of your business. He will sell you replacement parts for your C64, for your C128, 
for all your Amigas, for your CDTV, real obscure crap, Brent. He'll take care of you. You need uh, diagnostic tools to try to figure this stuff out on your own. Hey, Frank will take care of you. He's got diagnostic cartridges for Commodore, for Amiga, and for the TRC color computer. Do you need an SD solution to take care of your business? Make it easier for you. Hey, I got a couple of these things. You gotta have them. No one wants to load this crap off tape. What are we doing? That's where Frank comes in. He'll sell you a Kung Fu Flash. He'll sell you an SDC for your TRSA color computer. Frank has it all. Please, please, I beseech you, go to RetroRewind.ca and check out the various services and wares that Frank has on offer. It's all solid gold money, Brent. Absolutely. Frank's a good guy. What do we got this week? And, Wheel boy. Here oh we go. Boy. Brent's very excited about this guy. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. And now you know for the last month, yeah. I, I've been a little under the weather. So the wheel has not been tended to as it should. Yeah, you've been you've been shir- shirking your duties on the wheel. Well, let me tell you something. That all changes today. It does. All of that fan participation crap gone. Yeah. Oh, you booted gone. the fans. But you hate the fans. In its place, we have Microvision. We have D makes. We have games from TV before 2000. And we have VTech Creative Vision. Oh man! We air these are uh, all suggested from, from people within the community, and one from yourself, of course. And for our retro rewind, we have the Odyssey too. There's some actual new systems there too. I'm very excited. Let about me tell this. you something. This wheel is nothing but pain. And you show show the fans pain. what you've done. I, I couldn't help, it's man. It's not pain. That's good stuff on there. What are you talking about? Yeah, because I really want to go and play the Zenmax, the Daewoo CPC. Man, that sounds good to me. Daewoo's never let me down. Didn't you have a car from them? I did. How'd it do? Well, did it let you down? I don't have it now. Oh, oh man. Oh, Lord. What do we got here? Oh, my. We have suggested by Petzl games... From TV shows before the year 2000. Okay, Games okay, from TV shows before the year 2000. Do you want to... So this is an open open category? Any computer or video game or anything we want to do? Any system, as long as it is the game for a television show that was made before the year 2000. Time for another round of Minder. <laughs> Oh, thinking, wait, I already played that. I was thinking, oh, crap, here comes MASH again. Listen, no, listen, I like Minder. It's a good show. Listen, I'm gonna, there's so many. There's so many uh, that we can do. So that, that I may go back and find, what the, what's the oldest show that had a game? I'm going to go back and look and see if I can find it. It might be kind of fun to do. Hey, listen, uh, thank you, everyone, for your uh, for sending in your ideas. And, and trust me, if we didn't get your idea this time, well, uh, we're adding it in. We've got tons of more ideas. Yeah, Brent, they're asking if you're going to play Dallas Quest again. I can always play some more Dallas Quest, baby. You know, uh, we're getting long in the tooth here in January, Brent. uh, And we're so close to our upcoming fun event. It's BAM. It's Amigathon, Brent. Yes. February 18th. It's so close. It's less than a month away. It is pretty close. Yeah. And what what is that Amigathon? You may ask. Well, if you'll, allow, I wouldn't ask. I know what it if is. If you allow me to elaborate. Oh, you're doing a lead. It's where thing. myself, the Brent, and our good buddy John, boat of car Schaller, we all converge on the sacred retro basement of boat, 
for 12 hours of hot, hot, incredibly hot Amiga action, nonstop action. Now you think to yourself, what a deal. It gets better. Because what are we doing? We're raising money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. These guys take care of the little kids. They pick up the bill when these when these kids are in trouble. Yes. And that's what we're here for. Over the years, thanks to all our fine listeners and supporters and watchers, we've raised like uh, well over 10 large, 10,000 buckaroos for the kids, and we're back at it again. Now, you can go right now to Amigathon.com, I believe. Check that address. Make sure I didn't lie about that. It is, yes. And you can actually, you can throw in some cash right now. Our good buddy Frank of Richard Rewind, we just put over in the previous segment, he's matching bids. Uh, up to five hundred bucks. So if we get five hundred bucks, he's going to toss in another five hundred bucks. That's right away. There's no reason to wait till the date. You can give your bids now, and on the show we'll put you over as a winner, a lover of life. Uh, yeah, this is what you do. Yeah, right. You get in those donations now. Yeah. Then you just sit back on the day. Yeah. You're like you know what? Kick a few back. You know I've I mean? done my part. Now I'm just going to watch these idiots make fools of themselves. Yeah. And fools we will make because that's what we get into. So please, we would love it if you join us February 18th. I believe we're kicking it off at uh, 8 a.m., if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't like that. And we'll be going, well, you never get there on time, so don't worry. (coughs) We'll go 12 big hours, uh, and then we might hand it off to somebody like the T-Speaker regulars or something. We'll get into it. Let them keep the ball rolling. Should be a lot of fun. We always have a good time every year for Amigathon 2023. Brent, do you have any... uh, Parting thoughts as we take this one to the house. Um, you know, looping back on the pokey chip for the second time. Yeah, I kind of thought, man, we screwed up. No, you no, screwed up. But no, but we didn't screw up yeah. because this was a completely different experience than the first time we did it. Yeah, and so, I loved it. Good one. If you want to check out some extra history, you can always go back and watch the previous pokey chip show. Do you remember what number that one is? Uh, no. Oh, and uh. You know, that's more of an overview of the chip, and but we played all arcade games on that, so it's a completely yeah. different every. I agree. All right. With all that said, we're going to take the house, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back same time, same place next week for for games based on TV shows before the year 2000. Until then, adios. What do you mean, adios? That means goodbye. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector style graphics and Parkbit for our amazing music. If you'd like to help keep ARG spinning, you can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Baron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Raw, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Brown, W. Betke, Chris Munch, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rasmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob, Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Sol- Richard Smith, Morris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, 
and visualize in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.